Hello, and welcome to the e-learning and instructional design for beginners podcast, where new and aspiring instructional designers start, grow, and advance their careers. Would you like to become a successful instructional designer? Well, then let's get started. I'm speaking with Miss Amanda Hewitt, a senior instructional designer at DaVita. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Crystal. How are you doing? Good. I had experience on resume tips, how to navigate working full-time. What's a typical day look like for you? You know, I'm only a few weeks in at my newly acquired role as a senior instructional designer at DaVita. It's, it's so interesting, Crystal. I don't know. Have, have you had a chance to check that out? It's- no, but I actually, I just interviewed Luke Hobson two days ago. And we oh, had, we, I was just going to mention that we were talking a lot about AI. I'm going to put the link in the post and it's five ways that you can use AI and in instructional design. It, the video sounds really interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely is. He, it was like, it was like 45 minutes long. So he's like, you can go ahead and just filter through, you know, um, my certain topics and just kind of click through. But I just listened to it while I was checking my email and, and prepping for the day. And it was quite interesting. I don't want to have any spoil. I don't want to give any, give, give you guys any spoilers, mm-hmm. but I would, <laughs> I'll send you a link crystal and you can check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's really exciting. I wanted to chat. Uh, I wanted to check out the chat bot, um, the AI chat bot. He talked talks about, but unfortunately I went to it and it said that it was resting. <laughs> so I think people have been wearing it out <laughs> and I commented, commented that on his channel. I'm like, Hey Luke, uh, the chatbot is resting. He's like, Oh, that would happen right after I published this. <laughs> he thought it was funny. So yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's I crazy. was wondering, yeah, I was wondering which chatbot he had been using as he was talking all about it, but it, um, chatbot, um, uh, GPT. Okay. GPT. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, I wasn't sure which, pro- I, aren't there all kinds of programs? And yeah, there I, might be. <laughs> there might be. I know. I it's, use my I oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I just, I use it through Notion. So I'm oh. on Notion all the time and they have AI right on there, but then I like Googled it and there's all kinds of programs and you can, so you have to pay money for it, but then the one on Notion is free. So I just started wondering, like, what is, are there better ones or am I just, I know. I think the one he was using, um, it's chat, uh, the chat GPT was developed by OpenAI. And right. I just looked at it real quick and it's just openai.com slash blog slash chat GPT. And I can send you that link once we're done, okay. but it, yeah, it, it looks like maybe it, yeah. Cause this morning it was resting. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh now I can log in or sign up. So awesome. I'm not going to do that right now, but um, yeah, so that's, it's kind of fun, but I, I tried to try it and I was like, oh, it's resting right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, I guess even AI needs a rest. Well, folks are probably, it's in high demand. So people are like I trying bet. it out. So I bet they're probably just massively bombarded. They can't handle all the users. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's awesome. I know we, every AI is just crazy. Right it's taking, Ottawa say is taking over. No panic guys. Nobody panic. Transitioning teachers don't panic, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I, I it, think, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, that's what I was talking about with Luke. I'm just like, I'm worried about jobs. And he was reassuring me. He's like, no, we need to look at it differently. I'm like, you're so right. Like, it's really like a companion. A companion and tool that you can use. Mm-hmm. He's talking about in his YouTube uh, uh, video that he just posted the 45 minute one. Mm-hmm. Crystal, he just said, oh, you know, I have debates and conversations with the uh, the chat bot all the time. And I just kind of <laughs> giggled. I'm like, maybe I'll have to challenge myself to do that. <laughs> no, he was talking about that. He, he loves it. Dr. Hobson, you're amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm plugging him and I endorse him, follow him. I have a list of folks I like to follow and he's in my top four. So yeah, he's really yeah. cool. How do you 
measure the success and impact of your online courses and what metrics do you find most useful? Crystal, that's an excellent question. So we can measure success in several ways. Firstly, assessment scores during and after the course, evaluation of applied learning projects. You know, you'll hear folks talk about influence on performance KPIs. Also, my favorite is not the manager report and feedback, but feedback from our learners. So we, you know, through our QA process, we may think, oh, this was easy. You know, this was easy to navigate, but through the learner's lens, you know, they're not learning architects, they're not designers. So maybe they give us some helpful feedback for the future, maybe feedback mm -hmm. on transitions or font size or things like that. Where I am, we have, you know, standardized processes and templates and branding, but other folks may not have that. So it can be really helpful to get, you know, honest feedback and, you know, whether I'm doing freelance work or, you know, at my day job, I, you know, we always include an optional survey at the end. And, you know, some folks may choose not to do it, but folks that do do it and they take the five minutes to do it, it can really help us improve you know, the learning experience, because that's what, that's why we're here, right? <laughs> to enhance yeah. our learning <laughs> learners' experiences. Yeah. Learner feedback is so important. It is. Yeah. And then the specific questions, more, yeah, formative assessment. That's great. What book are you currently reading? So you got me, Crystal. I'm not reading anything ID right now, um, but we can, we can, we can discuss my podcast that I am listening to. But so for, for the book I'm reading, it's actually a trauma-related book um, written by Dr. Peter Levine. And he is just, he has been so instrumental in, in healing and things like that for trauma. So the book I'm reading is With Freedom, With Freedom from Pain by Dr. Levine. Um, it's two pioneers in the field of pain and trauma recovery, and he addresses a crucial missing factor that's essential to long-term healing, you know, addressing that unresolved emotional trauma within the body. So yes, this isn't ID related, but it's related to my volunteer work that I do. And I'm always looking for credible clinical and, you know, other resources to share um, in my groups. So mm -hmm. I, I thought that was really interesting to share. Yeah, no, I love that piece. Peter Levine, the name sounds familiar. But you I'm probably just, see I... folks post post and quote him all the time because a lot of his quotes may be about trauma and healing, but people every day experience, you know, anxiety and stress and things like that, or maybe an isolated event or something like that. So yeah, he's, he's really popular, like on Facebook and Instagram, I, I would say. Okay. I, I'll look him up. I actually, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology and then got my master's in instructional design. Yeah. So I love to try and I would, I'm really would just love to blend the two degrees together. Like I, I love it. <laughs> I don't have a degree in psychology, but if I ever go back, I really wanted to become a, a a trauma counselor. I just don't have the bandwidth for it. And I love instructional design so much. So for now I am <laughs> doing my thing on the weekend and weeknights, you know, as the, the volunteer admin and content creator for the few pages I run. So, <laughs> and apparently it makes a difference. So <laughs> I know, folks, you know, folks email me and message me and they say, you know, you really make a difference. Like I, I'm alone right now. And, and some of these folks don't, you know, they have undesirable family and friend situations. So it's, it's really encouraging to, to hear that. And you might hear a little emotion in my voice because it's, I have to remind uh, my followers and my members, Hey, you know, you're, you're not alone, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. a little about what, what I'm uh, reading and, and yeah. how that inspires my daily happenings. <laughs> 
(laughs) Everything's connected with each other. Okay. So you did mention what podcasts you listen to a little bit. Yeah. So I listen to a lot, but I'm just going to narrow it down for time's sake for two. So uh, Dr. Luke Hobson has an ID podcast and his really robust YouTube channel. And I actually put it in our uh, question form um, for you, Crystal. So I'm I'm sure you probably already checked out his stuff, but it's Um, there if you need it. And then another person I follow is Sarah Canastra. So she's done instructor design work, but she's, she's kind of like a general L and D like job coach and guru. She helps folks who are transitioning or folks who want to find another job in the L and D space. She emphasized that L&D is not a job. You know, there are a lot of different sub, you know, uh, sub areas that you can do. Instructional design, you mm-hmm. know, um, training management, LMS administration. You could be, you know, an onboarding specialist. So my message to transitioning folks, transitioning teachers, don't give up. And, you know, instructional design may not be for you. You may decide that you want to be an LMS guru and, you know, kind of like what I did early on, you know, with um, Canvas LMS and Moodle LMS, just kind of be the jack of all trades and maybe find a role that you can do a little bit of design, you know, design and development. You may find that you want to, you may find yourself in a situation where, you know, teachers, you may not want to just do instructional design. You may want to do LMS administration and a little content development, things like that. So I would just say, be patient and it will come. But yes, Sarah Canastra, I am plugging you, Sarah. She is amazing. I actually hired her as my job coach to help me find my niche. I knew that I wanted to do instructional design, but she helped me narrow down like her program is very comprehensive and amazing and you know not all id academies and l and d academies are created equal right you really have to do your research and say hey does this make my heart sing is this worth the time commitment the financial commitment but anything that sarah or luke endorses or they offer themselves i will go for it because they are two folks that i look up so awesome that's great to hear if you had to do it all over again what would you change or do differently? You know, Crystal, I wish I would have started earlier in the learning and development L&D space, like as a coordinator, as I spoke to earlier, or onboarding specialist during my undergraduate years, maybe as a part-time role or internship, and then worked my way, you know, gradually into instructional design, because ID is definitely where I want to be. <laughs> I didn't know as a young undergrad, you know, you know, being in my early 20s, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I went to school and, and you know, uh, did uh, English education but decided that wasn't for me. So I did English and business and then moved on to the uh, administration master's degree and human resources. And, you know, ID kind of found me. So I just want to reiterate that, you know, ID isn't always going to be exciting or glamorous, but I want to make that clear. I love what I do, but it may not be, you know, for everyone. And it isn't a teacher's only transition path. Um, But I, I do love ID and I advocate for the field, but it's just, there are several roles that have a little bit of assessment design, you know, some course coordinating duties, LMS administration, for example, and ID requires a thick skin sometimes and quick decision-making. Often feedback or required changes, like I'm going through right now with some course flips that I'm doing to content is lightning fast and you have to just go with the flow. You know, if someone gives you feedback, you just have to say, okay, well, you know, thank you for that. And, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. my message to, you know, folks transitioning into ID or similar roles is this, give yourself time to skill up, but don't go overboard to where you're spending all your family time 
time on courses and all your money, you know, or lack thereof, all your money and resources on, you know, academies, just do your research um, and things like that and explore your options. You know, the ID field is incredibly competitive right now, but don't be discouraged. You'll find your niche. I, I know you will, if you're listening. Yeah, I love that. And that's a great point that you made and said earlier about finding your own niche or niche. That's one thing that a lot of people aren't realizing. And I think it's going to continue to grow is just specializing and realizing how many different routes and options you do have. If you, if you think you don't like it, like you were saying earlier, I think that's really important for people to understand how, how many options we have. Yeah. Or also just start small. Like, you know, I, you know, 12 years ago, I was like making minimum wage and working call center jobs and, you know, uh, working in medical records and things like that. So sometimes you just have to work your way up. So Crystal, like I was saying before, you may have to start small. Uh, so teachers that are used to making an X amount of salary, um, they may have to maybe do an internship first or maybe try an onboarding specialist role and work your way up into design because sometimes onboarding folks, they they have to design training or PowerPoints. And you know, that that is definitely a starting point. So you can also kind of upskill on your own with the authoring tools. I just want to be clear, just knowing <laughs> Camtasia or Storyline does mm-hmm. not make you a true instructional designer. <laughs> so that's, that's just the authoring piece. So uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents and advice. And I would just say, be patient and don't give up. Yeah, Thanks for mentioning that and pointing that out. And I, a few people that I've interviewed had, have said that as well. So I think it, it helps remind us all that that's something that people need to be focusing on is their skills and not just learning the technology. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to interview you today. I thoroughly enjoyed the process. I really think people will find value in what you've and the answers that you provided today. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate it. Now that wraps up this week's e-learning and instructional design for beginners podcast episode. Now it's time for you to go out there and take action on what you learned about instructional design today. Remember, you don't have to earn another degree and get a formal education in in order to become successful in the field of instructional design. That's why I started the e-learning and instructional design for beginners. I would love to have you as an e-learning and instructional design for beginners member. My program is a proven step-by-step process you can use for a successful career in instructional design and create online courses from scratch. I offer a free membership that gives you the tools and resources you need to successfully start a career in instructional design and e-learning. To learn more, go to eteachonline.com join.